So we've taken this old barn on my grandparents' property, and we've turned it into a worship center. So here in a few weeks, we're going to be inviting everybody uh, that wants to to come out uh, and take part in a, a night of worship uh, out there in our in our worship barn. It's going to be a, an incredible night, and, and we're going to just invite everybody to come and worship with us. It's going to be an awesome night in the Lord. But as we were kind of remodeling the place and we hung some lights kind of like we're here in our sanctuary and we, you know, you know, put, a, put our mobile sound system out there and, and cleaned it up a lot and I've uh, been doing some reminiscing. See, uh, it was in that barn that I spent a lot of my childhood and uh, me and, and a couple of my cousins, we built a wrestling ring in there. I'm talking about a full-size wrestling, wrestling ring with ropes and, and what we functioned as turnbuckles and the whole deal and we would have like entire matches out there, like totally, you know, choreographed, like moonsaults and pile drivers and, you know, bringing tables in the ring, man. I mean, the whole deal. And I loved it. I loved it. And, and, and I really believed there for a while when I was about 12, 13 years old that that was going to be my career. Like, I really did think I was going to be a WWE superstar. I mean, I was voted most likely to win the WWE championship by my senior class. I'm serious. It's in the yearbook. You can look it up. And, uh, and, and I really believed that until probably way too late in my life that I was going to do something like that. And then the fact that we have a pro wrestler that goes to church with us now that talks to you about it all the time doesn't help that any with me. <laughs> and and so I um I, I always wanted to do that, but but the thing is, is I wasn't like a lot of the other people. Like I never wanted to be Hulk Hogan. I never wanted to be the Ultimate Warrior. Like I wanted to join the Four Horsemen. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like I wanted I wanted to join the Four Horsemen. Later in life, I wanted to join the NWO. See, I always liked the heel wrestlers. I liked Mr. Perfect and Ravishing Rick Rude. You know what I'm saying? Like Jake the Snake Roberts. Like, like I wanted to be one of the guys that walked into the arena and people started like throwing trash at him, you know? Like, boo! We hate you! Get out of here! And I just knew without a shadow of a doubt that I could garner that kind of a reception from people. That I could just, you know, be in my normal pompous Paul Grider attitude and just walk into an arena and then people would automatically just be like, I hate that guy. And I'd be like, yes, I won, you know? And I was so excited to do that. And then God totally wrecked my life, changed everything, you know, filled all my hate and apathy with love and grace and mercy and peace and changed me forever. I used to be filled with all this hate and aggression and violence. And all of a sudden, I'm just filled with peace and love and the power of the Holy Spirit. Can somebody say amen? And I thought, man, my days of being a heel are behind me. Because, I mean, that's what they call a bad guy wrestler, right, is the heel. So, so the good guys are the faces and the bad guys are the heel. And I was like, man, my, day of being a, my days of being a heel are behind me. It's all over. Man, I live for light now. I live for love now. All I do is just, just shed the grace and glory of God everywhere I go. And it's all about love. And, man, was I wrong. I mean, I was so wrong. I thought when I just walked into ministry and started preaching the gospel to people that people would love me. It's just not the case, man. I'm more of a heel in this pulpit than I ever could have been in a wrestling ring. I mean, it's crazy some of the stuff that's happened. I mean, I've gotten death threats. I've had somebody threaten to drag me off the stage and beat the snot out of me if they ever saw me up there again. <laughs> Which my response was, I'll be there next week too. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. That's another story. Another story. 
but, but, but I've gotten all this stuff, man. And, and, and it's crazy that those of us that serve light and love, those of us that serve the grace and glory of God, get painted as the heel. Too often we get painted as the heel. I mean, I mean, here's an example from recently in the news. So Samaritan's Purse, uh, probably a lot of you are, are familiar with what that is. It's an incredible Christian organization um, that, that, you know, does med- mostly medical help, but they also do some food service and other things to needy people all over the world. To, and they serve everybody. But they're a Christian organization. And they have biblical world beliefs. And they set up a mobile hospital there in Central Park in New York City. And they treated over 300 COVID-19 patients totally free of charge. Like it was the contributions of the people of God that, that, that caused these people to get the medical care that they needed. And, and they didn't ask people what their affiliations were or what their beliefs were. They just treated people and loved on people like Jesus has told us to do. And yet that ministry got run out of town and called bigots and called hateful and called darkness and evil because of the fact that they have a biblical, a biblical worldview. They were painted as the heel. They were doing the work of the Lord and serving people without even asking them who they were or what they believed. They, they didn't have a questionnaire that said, oh, if you don't love Jesus and if you don't live the way that we do, we're not going to serve you. It wasn't nothing like that. They didn't ask anybody those questions. They said, are you sick? Come on in. We'll heal you. Are you sick? Come on in. We will heal you. Without any kind of questionnaire, and yet this movement started, uh, you know, with, based on some organizations and some groups and even some political figures to get them run out of town. And so they had to pack up their stuff. And leave just because they believe that this is true. And, and because they, they, their, their, their leadership lives and, and, and talks about and does things based on what's in this book. You know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I, I got on a live stream and, and I just read a passage out of Jeremiah 22. And, and I denoted during that live stream that I don't have an opinion. I don't have an opinion and what I think about any kind of subject matter doesn't matter. I just read I just read what was in the Bible. And, and because in that scripture, it, it says that if a king decrees to shed of innocent blood, that their palace will lie in ruins. And I just read that out of the Bible. I didn't, didn't talk about it. I didn't offer any commentary. just read it. And after I read that scripture, I got blocked by a bunch of people, and I got a bunch of negative feedback, and I got really attacked on there just because I read a scripture, just because I read what was in, in the Bible. Too often, we as the people of God get painted as the heel. Too often we get, get portrayed as the bad guy in the situation. But here's the thing. So did our Savior. So did our King. The only way that you cannot meet some resistance, the, the only way that you cannot be the bad guy in somebody's story is to not be about anything. The only way that you're not going to come up against somebody is that you're so easily tossed by the waves that nobody even knows what your truth is anyway. And what I'm challenging you to do today is to be about something. Be about something. Stand up for something. Make people take note of who you are and who you believe in. Man, stand for something. Even if you meet resistance, stand for something. Even if it makes you the bad guy in somebody's story. If you would stand with me for the reading of Scripture this morning, I'm going to be in the book of John in chapter 15, and I am going to read, let's see, verses 18 um, through 27. So if you would, read the Scripture for, with me from John 15. If the world hates you, come on, 
If the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. See, he's the author and the perfecter and the source of our faith. So if we're following him, whatever we're doing, he's already done. He's already done it. All we're doing is doing what what he did. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. Isn't that sweet? However, because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of it, the world hates you. Remember the word I spoke to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they'll keep yours. But they will do all these things to you on account of my name because they don't know the one that sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. Now they have no excuse for their sin. The one who hates me also hates my father. If I had not done the works among them that no one else had done, they would not have sin. Now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But this happened so that the statement written in their law might be fulfilled. They hated me for no reason. Verse 26. And when the counselor comes... The one I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also will testify because you've been with me from the beginning. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, be with us today. God, be with us. Fill us with your spirit. Let us be about something. Let us be willing to say something. Let us be willing to do something. Let us be the people you've called us to be, regardless of what the circumstances are, regardless of what the consequences are, regardless of the opposition that we come up against. God, rise us up as an army, as an army that's ready to go into battle, as an army that's ready to be exactly what you called us to be and to do exactly what you have called us to do, filled with your power. Led by your spirit, donning your armor, surrounded by your light. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. Jesus was about something. Jesus was about something. Jesus was always about something. Did you ever see in scripture somebody convince Jesus to change his mind? Did you ever see somebody convince him that maybe this word wasn't exactly right like it was and needed to be adapted or changed or modified? Now Jesus was about something. Jesus was always about something. Jesus was always mission-minded. He was always busy. He was always doing something. And they hated him for it. And ultimately they killed him for it. They killed him for it. Because he was about the Father's business. and Because that was not acceptable to the people that he was around. They tried to get him to stop, didn't they? And just stop. Just, will you just stop? Yes, you're, you're smart. You speak with authority. You know the word like we've never seen. Man, will you just do what everybody else is doing? We just be like everybody else for a minute and everything will be okay. Man, we'll let you go. You can be one of us. We'll let you read from the scroll. Everything will be cool. Just be cool with everybody. It's the same thing they try to tell us all the time. Just say it's okay. Just just say it's okay. Just say that that it's okay that everybody can do what they want to do whenever they want to do it. Just say that it's okay and you guys can can be one of us. You guys can be cool with us. But here's the secret. It's not okay. it's, it's, It's not okay. Man, read my lips. It's not okay. It's not okay to live outside the realm of the word of God that he's given to us. 
It's not okay to intentionally sin against God. It's not okay to be in full rebellion against the Lord. It's not okay. And I don't care what else is going on in the world around us. It's still not okay. And now people are like, Paul, tell them it's okay. There's a sickness going around. What? So there's, there's a sickness going around? So you want me to tell everybody that what they're doing is okay and the rest of the stuff that goes against the Bible doesn't matter anymore because people are getting sick? That literally makes no sense and it blows my mind that people would even say things like that. Just stop. People are sick. No. That makes what we're doing even more vital and even more important. Man, people are dying out there. People are dying without the gospel of Jesus Christ out there. People are dying without the gospel. And it's our job to tell them the gospel. And, and, and cause so you have to be about something. I mean, we can't be washed by every wave that comes by. Man, we've got to stand for something. But listen, if you stand for the same things that Jesus stood for, then you can expect to meet the exact same resistance that Jesus met. And you need to be prepared for that. And I need to be prepared for that. And they painted him as the heel. They painted him as the heel. They said he's a drunk and he's a glutton and he's a demon and he hangs around with sinners and tax collectors and all these gross people. And you can expect them to say the same kind of garbage about you. And they'll bring up everything that they can think of to bring up out of your past, won't they? And they'll, think, they'll bring up every weakness that they can think of that you might have now. And they'll even make up stuff that you might do in the future to try to shut you down. Oh, well, they'll, they'll go back into whatever they were used to being to. Or I bet if they went this way, then they'll fall into this and that and the other thing. Man, none of that stuff matters. None of that stuff matters. You know what matters? Who he is and who I am in him. And that's what we need to stand for. I mean, we got to be about something. We got to be about something. And, and, and the world, you know, the world tells us that they want diversity and they want inclusion. No, they don't. The world doesn't want diversity. The world wants us to be just like it is. It wants everybody to be just like it is. It wants everybody to be the same. It wants everybody to be willing to accept whatever lie that the enemy throws and to not stand for anything and to be so wishy-washy that when a new thing comes along that they fall for that too. And, and, and then they hide it in this realm of, of diversity and inclusion and it's a lie. It's a lie. They want us all to conform. But I'm telling you this right now. We're not going to conform. We're not going to conform. No matter how hard that the world makes it on us, we refuse to conform because we're a strange and different bunch. And that strangeness and that difference that we bring into a situation is always going to make it hard for us. And it's always going to make us meet all kinds of opposition. And we might as well be prepared for that. We might as well be prepared. Stop talking about Jesus so much. Man, I can't. You know, it's like I preached last night. Man, I can't stop talking about how good he is. I can't stop talking about the freedom that he brings. I can't stop talking about the healing that I've seen him pour out. I can't stop talking about the chains that I've seen him break. I can't stop talking about the doors I've seen him open and the doors I've seen him close. I can't stop talking about the marriages I've seen him heal and the prodigal children that he's brought home. I can't stop thinking about those things. I can't stop talking about those things. I will never, ever in my life stop telling people what Jesus has done for me and what I've seen him do for all of you can somebody say amen? amen if you lose your faith and your integrity because of fear it's just as bad as losing your faith and your integrity because of greed if you lose your faith and your integrity because of fear it's just as bad as losing your faith and your integrity because of lust if you lose your faith and your integrity because of fear, it's just as bad as losing your faith and integrity because of any other thing that's on the face of this earth. 
Nothing that they throw at us should make us compromise. No kind of conversation that they have with us should make us compromise. We should be willing to stand for who he is and be about who he is in every situation that we find ourselves in, no matter what happens to us, no matter what happens around us. It's all about him. Eternity means more than anything else on the face of this earth and under all of creation. So we got to be about something. But not just that, we got to say something. We got to say something. You know, it's like I preached a little while ago, man. They can't deny the power of the Spirit, so they'll just tell us to hush. They'll just tell us to hush. Yeah, I know God did all these amazing things in your life. Please don't talk about that here. You know, we stop talking about God so much. You know, this God thing is way too important to you. People want us to keep our mouth shut in certain situations, don't they? They don't want us to talk about God in lots of workplaces. They don't want our kids to talk about God in lots of school situations. They don't want us to talk about God in in normal, everyday settings that people are in. They want us to keep God bottled up in the church building. Well, that hasn't worked real well lately, has it? Because we haven't even been able to be in the church building. So those of us that honor God as God can't help but talk about Him everywhere else that we might find ourselves. you got to say something. You know, Jesus said, so, so in this scripture... Jesus said that, um, let's see, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. Now they have no excuse for their sin. A a better translation is is not that they wouldn't be guilty. A better translation is that I have not spoken to them, they wouldn't have known. They wouldn't have known that they were guilty of sin. But now that I've spoken to them, they know. They know. They know. So people of God, man, we have to say something. We've got to say something. We've got to say something. We can't just keep our mouths shut. You ever been in a situation and you're sitting there and you just got the Holy Spirit beating in your heart and the Holy Spirit's like, say something. Say something. And you're sitting there and how many times did you not say something? Hey, I'm the preacher and I still do it to this day. When the Holy Spirit's on me, like say something and I don't. But I tell you what, never have I ever said something about Jesus and then regretted it. Take that one to the bank. Take note of that. Never have I in my life said something about Jesus and then later regretted it. But I tell you what, every single one of those times that I didn't say something, I regret every single one even to this day. I regret every single time that I had the opportunity to speak that name. Oh, that beautiful, powerful name. Every time that I had the opportunity to speak that name into somebody's life and I didn't, it haunts me. It haunts me. And sometimes it'll come back to my mind out of nowhere. I'll be driving down the road. And then I'll be like, remember that time when you had the opportunity to tell that dude about Jesus and you didn't say Jack? Golly, you're a coward. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It turns my guts inside out, man. It's like, what in the world is wrong with you, man? We got to say something. Even if it makes people hate us. Because it probably will. I'm not saying be a jerk. Please don't be a jerk. The Bible says that Jesus said they hated me without reason. Don't give them a reason to hate you. If you're going to be a disciple, they're going to hate you because you speak love. They're going to hate you because you speak life. They're going to hate you because you speak the glory of God, not because you were a jerk. Remember that dude that was up there with the bullhorn on the Glasgow Square, like, you're all going to hell, you're all going to hell. And man, nobody got saved because of that garbage. But you know what we did as a church? We have a secret weapon. So me and Brent have a secret ministry, and Angela, that some of y'all might not know about. It's called Burning Coals Ministry. And, and, and the Bible says that if you pour out love on people, that are filled with hate. It's like pouring burning coals on their head. And so what we did is we sent Brent up there, right? So we sent Brent up there. 
And Brent took these fellas some food and took them some water and just offered to pray for them, right? And then they told him that they didn't want his devil water and he could just go back to hell, right? <laughs> but, but, but listen, listen, listen. They hated him because of the love that he showed. They hated him because of the love that we as a ministry poured out on them. It caused them to hate us, and that's okay. We weren't being a jerk. We were trying to serve people. We thought maybe their throat was getting parched up there saying all them nasty things. And so we wanted to help them. And so we took them some water, but they didn't want our devil water. But that's on them. That's on them. So, man, I hope, I hope the whole world does hate you. And let me define what I mean by the world. The world, as I talk about it, as Jesus is talking about it here, is the spirits and the people that do not honor God as God. And that's the best definition I've ever been able to come up with as the world. And, and we want the world to hate us. We do. So, so I want you to speak love and speak life and speak the name of Jesus into every situation you get the opportunity to speak it in. And don't be a jerk. Be the sweetest, most kindest, most loving person that you can ever be. And you'll be hated for it. And you'll be hated for it. But that's okay. We need to embrace being the heel. We need to embrace being the heel. We need to be okay with the fact that we're going to be hated by the world. As a matter of fact, if you're not hated at least a little bit by the world, then you're not living life of a disciple. You're just not. You're not. Because they're going to hate us. But Jesus said they will. And they will. But don't just say something. Do something. Do something. This scripture goes on to say in, in verse 22. Well, no, that's part where he talks about speaking. In verse 24, he says, If I had not done the works among them that no one else done, they would not have their sin. Now they have seen and hated both me and my father. Don't just talk. Don't just talk. Do. Don't just say, live. Man, go out and do the things that nobody else in the world is willing to do. Go out there and be the person that nobody else in the world is willing to be. Man, love God and love people like the world has never seen. Man, be generous. Be loving. Be powerful. Be graceful. Do all those things. Man, forgive people when they've hurt you. Serve people when they don't even care about you serving, about you serving them and you know they're not going to say thank you. Serve them anyway. Man, go be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world around you and do stuff that the rest of the world would never even imagine doing and do it for the people that the rest of the world would never even imagine doing it for. Can you say amen? Go do something. Go do something. And when you do, they won't be able to deny him. When you do, they won't be able to deny who you are in him. They'll have to take note of who you are and who he is. Man, do something that's different than what the rest of the world is doing. Do something that's so far removed from what they expect, even from the church. See, they expect us to be jerks about stuff. They expect us to be inclusive about stuff. They, they expect the church to talk more about what they're against than we talk about what we're for. But man, I rebuke all that stuff in the name of Jesus. Man, let's talk about what we're for. We're for life. We're for love. We're for forgiveness. We're for peace. We're for the glory of God. We're for the resurrection. We're for everything that our Jesus stands for in every facet of our lives, man. So let's do that. Let's be those people. And let's be about something. Let's be about what he was about. But let's be willing to be hated to get there. Because the only way that you're not going to be hated by somebody is to not be about anything.
You can either make an impact on the world or you can be universally liked, but you can't do both. So pick one. You want to be a people pleaser? Go for it. And then we'll see how that works out for you. And then when you decide, when you hit rock bottom, like Pastor Brent was saying, come on back to the cross so he can lift you up. But if you want to live for God, if you want to truly live for God, then you need to be ready to meet some resistance. If you want to truly live for God, then you need to be ready to beat some obstacles that you're going to have to overcome. But you know what? We really need to just embrace being the heel in the story. You know who the heel is in Satan's story? Jesus Christ. So we need to be willing to be the heel in the world's story so that they can paint us as the bad guy. You know what? Genesis 3.15 says this. I will put hostility between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. And he will strike your, he will crush your head <laughs> and you'll strike his heel. So at the end of the day, it's the heel that crushes the head of the serpent anyway. And so I'm here to tell you today that there ain't nothing better that you could ever be than the heel of his foot that'll crush the head of that serpent and defeat the enemy once and for all. Yeah, let's give God praise and give him glory today because he is good. You're going to be the bad guy in somebody's story. You might as well make it the devil's. You might as well make it the world's. And I'm challenging each and every one of us to stand for something. No. I'm challenging us to stand for somebody. Because that something has a name. And it's the name above every name. And it's the name, uh, the only name under heaven by which we may be saved. And it is the name that every tongue will confess. And it is the name under which every knee will bow. And it is the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. And just, just put his name in the comments, man. Just put his name in there. Just say Jesus. Just say Jesus. Because the more we speak it, the more we type it, the more we get it out there, the better off that this world will be. And I'll tell you what, they can paint me just as bad as they ever want to paint me. Because I know, I know, I know that in heaven, in heaven, our name's written. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And I'm about to say something real controversial. I'm about to say something that's going to make me a heel in a lot of places. I'm going to say something that's going to make me a bad guy here and, and pretty much illegal in a lot of countries around the world. My brother's got a shirt that says that, you know, the cross is illegal in eight, you know, whatever, umpteen million countries across the earth. Here it is. Pay real close attention. Everybody watching out there in internet land. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Jesus is the only thing that can set you free from your sin. Jesus is the only thing that can rescue you from darkness. Jesus is the only thing that can truly heal the broken spirit that is inside you. Nothing else can. 
And I know the whole world tells a different story. And I'm here to tell you today that every one of them are wrong. Every one of them are wrong. And not only are they wrong, most of them are lying on purpose to try to deceive you. But I'm telling you the truth today. And, and I may be wrong about a lot of other things, but I guarantee you I'm right about this one. Jesus Christ is the only way. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, not a way, the way. He said, I am the way. He said, I am the life, not a life, the only life. He said, I am the truth, not a truth. See, that's an oxymoron. There's no such thing as a truth. There's the truth, and there's lies. There's the truth, and there's mistakes. There's only one truth.